0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Ducks podcast coming to you live from Long Beach, California, streaming to you on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus and on Twitter at Taurus Sports. Excited to have you guys along for another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Figured I would do a little bit of a live stream here. Haven't done one in a little while. So if guys are here joining us live, make sure you drop a question over in the live chat. I already have some topics, obviously, as you can tell by the title of the video of the stream that I want to get into. But if you guys have any questions that you want to throw at me, maybe I'll do a little mailbag here towards the end of the show. But with all that being said, we are kind of at a weird point in the football calendar. The regular season has ended. Conference championships have come and gone. And the Ducks are going to be playing in the Fiesta Bowl against the Liberty Flames on New Year's Day. But there is a whole lot going on right now, and a lot that's going to happen even before the Ducks head down to Arizona to kick off in that bowl game. We're already getting a pretty decent feel or some early indications for what the 2024 roster is going to look like, with some top players from the Ducks already declaring their intent to enter the 2024 fell draft and the Ducks are recruiting players in the transfer portal. Most notably Dylan Gabriel, the former Oklahoma quarterback announced his commitment to Oregon over the weekend. So the Ducks checked a huge box there in the off season in terms of their priorities and, and what Dan Lanning wants to do to, to get the Ducks back to the now big 10 title game. And then to the expanded playoff. So We're getting a good feel for kind of what some of these players are going to look like at Oregon, what the team's going to look like in 2024. So just wanted to hop on here and and chat about it. So starting things off, I'm going to talk about Oregon center Jackson Powers Johnson. Jackson Powers Johnson announced that he will be taking his talents to the National Football League, and that was a really big development And not too hard to see why he would find that now is the right time to do that. After all, the guy did just win the Remington Remington Trophy awarded to the most outstanding center in college football. So he's had a really remarkable journey here at Oregon. He signed with the Ducks as a member of Mario Cristobal's 2021 recruiting class. And was ultimately one of the guys that chose to stick around with a lot of twenty twenty-one ultimately entering the potential portal and finding a new home. And Jackson Powers Johnson proved to be, I think without much of a doubt, the best offensive lineman on Oregon's team this year. And he had some pretty big shoes you look at him following in the footsteps of Alex Forsyth, who was a long center for the ducks. And first and only year as a full-time starter with the Ducks. It's hard to argue that he could have done more than he already did. It felt like every week, JPJ was one of those guys that graded out as a top performer in all of college football. He was getting nominated for the pancake block of the week. It felt like every other week. And he's just a phenomenal player that I think really is a, a great representation of this Oregon football team, and someone that a lot of players obviously gravitate towards. Um, always had a smile on his face when he was coming out to talk media during press conferences. Just, um, just a really fun guy to cover. I actually have a little story. One of my, uh, I found out that I was the first person to to interview Jackson when he was coming up out of high school. Over at uh, Corner Canyon High School in Draper, Utah, that was back when uh, I was doing the Zoom calls over uh, YouTube, and I was still at Scooped duck and I was doing that during uh, COVID when everything was shut down, and I was just looking for a, a way to push pushing the envelope in my coverage and try to be a little bit different. And this was back when Jackson was still named Jackson Light. He was was one of the top seven prospects in the country, and he has really just been. Uh, a gem of a player for the Ducks. And for him to, to get, head into the NFL draft next year, I mean, the, the draft stock is obviously at a very high point for, for Jackson. So he, he was really one of the players that I, I enjoyed covering. And I think he's a big success story in this Oregon offensive line, which is up for the Remington, uh, not the Remington, the Joe Moore Award into the best offensive line unit in college football and just speaking on the offensive line for the Ducks I mean what a heck of a year it's been for the offensive line and Aleek Terry Aleek Terry produced the Remington Trophy winner first one in Oregon program history that is Jackson Powers Johnson he also helped Develop and is coaching up Yapani Lalolu, who was named a two-four-seven Sports True Freshman All-American on on Tuesday. And this is a really solid group. This is a really solid group that's also in the running for the Joe Moore Award. So I don't think you can ask for a better line performance if you're if you're the Ducks and if you're a Ducks fan Seeing the success that Elite Terry has had in his first full year back with the Ducks remember that he was on the staff uh, as, a, as an assistant leader, an assistant coach, or, or a GA an analyst type of deal. He was working under Mario Cristobal when he was the head coach at Oregon. But I was a huge fan of the Elite Terry Hire when it was made by Dan Lanning, and boy, it has really worked wonders for the Ducks here in just the 2023 season. And now that Jackson's going to be heading to the NFL, this is kind of what I was talking about at the top of the show, we have a good idea, a little bit of a better idea of what the Oregon offensive line is going to look like next year. The first question you ask yourself is who's going to take over for Jackson Powers, Johnson at the center spot. And I think they already have their answer on the roster. I would think more than likely it's going to be rising sophomore. He did get some time at center this year. I think one, one of the games actually was in the USC game when JPJ got a little bit banged up. It felt like, Everybody was getting banged up in that game, but Concho was able to come in there and hold down the four at center. He saw most of his pre-freshman season spent at either of the two guard spots. It looked like he primarily rotated with Stephen Jones on that right side. So I think that he is probably your best option at center. And then you have Connolly Jr. who's going to be coming back, uh, obviously, for uh, another year at that left tackle spot. So, um I guess I was going to say that was Dylan Gabriel's blind side, but he's a lefty, so now the right tackle spot is going to be the blind side. But uh, I think you feel probably good about Marcus Harper, the second, coming back for another year at Oregon. He was your your left guard this year, so left to right, you'll have probably Josh Connerly Jr., Marcus Harper, the second, and Connie Laulu. And then at right guard, you're going to have a new spot, a new starter more than likely, seeing that Stephen Jones, the uh, starter this year, is going to be exhausting his, his eligibility. And then you wonder what's going to happen with Johnny Cornelius at that right tackle spot. Has Johnny Cornelius done enough to test the NFL draft waters? I wrote in my story that I thought he was going to declare for the 2024 NFL draft. But we still haven't heard from him just yet, so we're going to have to keep tabs on that one there. But – I think he came to Oregon after already solidifying himself as one of the better offensive linemen nationally. He was just at Rhode Island, which is obviously a much smaller school. Don't have as much of a platform, don't have as much exposure there, so he comes over to Oregon, and I think he's more than proven that he can play with the big boys, that he's capable of playing big-time football. But maybe on the same note, he wants to come back one more year and be with the Ducks for their first season, their debut season in the Big Ten Conference. We know that the line of scrimmage is going to be, it has been, but it's really going to be a point of emphasis and a priority in the Big Ten when the Ducks are going against teams like the Michigan Wolverines and the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Penn State Nittany Lions and then all their uh, other former Pac-12 foes like Washington and UCLA, USC, they're all going to be headed to the Big Ten as well. So I think for Oregon's offensive line, you're looking like they're in a pretty good spot. Maybe if you're in the league theory, you want to check out what's going on in the portal there you have some guys in the 2024 class I'm not sure if you have anybody that projects to be uh, an early impact guy along the interior I think that Kevin Brooks is probably your main guy the 2024 four-star guard out of Clackamas Oregon I don't think that he's necessarily looking like someone who's going to be playing the ball playing a lot of ball early for the Ducks but hey you never know uh, I didn't necessarily think was going to be playing a whole lot of ball early, and here we are. So Jackson Powers Johnson's departure is, is obviously notable, seeing that he was the center, the captain of the offensive line for the Ducks. And um, I think you're an Oregon fan, you selfishly wanted one more year of Jackson Powers Johnson playing along your offensive line and snapping the ball to Dylan Gabriel in 2024, but – when you win the Remington Trophy, it's, it's pretty clear, I think, that, uh, that your draft stock is going to be at an all-time high. So wish the best to Jackson Power Johnson as he heads off to the 2024 NFL Draft.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right. Another guy that we got to talk about the second Oregon player that is going to be heading to the NFL is running back. Lucky Irving. Lucky Irving has been an absolute pleasure to watch while at Oregon. Another guy that uh, has had a great success in Eugene coming over via the transfer world from, from the uh, University of Minnesota and, Bucky was a mainstay in the Oregon offense. It was pretty much Oregon's de facto running back one, even though it, did, it was kind of a running back by committee. He was a lot of the last two seasons. In 2022, you had Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington. And then in 2023, you had Bucky Irving and then Noah Whittington went down with a season ending injury. And I believe the fourth game of the year against Colorado. So it was really Bucky Irving and Jordan James. So Bucky Irving was. Super, we super fun to watch. He, he was a guy that you knew was going to be churning his legs through contact and, and battling for every single yard that he got. He was really effective out of the backfield as well. I think he was one of only a handful of running backs that got more than 50 passes out of the backfield this year. So He was an incredibly versatile guy to do a little bit of everything on offense. And then when you talk about the creativity that he had as a runner, he just did did crazy things on a regular basis. He was somebody who made something out of nothing on, on, uh, on you know, just about every play, unless there was obviously a big hold, and then he was going to be hitting the hole hard. I think one thing that's a little interesting with Bucky is that his last two games weren't necessarily his best game against Oregon State, against like Washington in the Pac-12 title game. Seems like It really seemed like he wasn't 100% um, in that game, that second game against Washington, I should say. He seemed like he was playing like a, he was a little bit too wound up and was dancing a little bit too much, just kind of playing east-west versus north-south, and he was running into the back of some of his blockers. So definitely not the highest note to, to finish your Oregon career on. I will say that it doesn't seem like Bucky or JPJ seem to indicate that they would be playing in the Fiesta Bowl, and I can't, I can't blame them for that. So, but Bucky was just an awesome player. He was dependable. Um, I think he kind of flew under the radar nationally, and I'm not really sure why or how, but maybe because he was a bit of a smaller back. He was listed on the twenty twenty three roster at, at five foot ten, one hundred ninety five pounds. But five ten might be a little bit generous. But he played, uh, he played with his heart on his sleeve, and he was just an absolute nightmare physically for a lot of these opposing defenses to go, uh, go ahead and tackle. He would rarely go down on first contact, and I think he really represented the Oregon running back tradition. Uh, of of great players really, really well, right? You have guys like Michael James that have come through Oregon, uh, McGarrett, Royce Freeman, Kenyon Barner. There's just a long line of successful backs that have come through Oregon, and Bucky Irving did a great job stepping in and and really just picking up right where C.J. Riddell and and Travis Dye left off once he kind of got that starting running back role for the Ducks. But now that Bucky's going to be gone, we look ahead again, like we did with the offensive line to what does that running back room look like for the ducks here in, in 2024? I shouldn't say here, but going into 2024, right? I think if you're looking at the Oregon running back room, you have to feel really good as a duck fan because you have Jordan James coming back and he looked like he was the better running back in that Pac-12 title game. And He has been really, really good since he got to Oregon. Um, He stepped into a much larger role this year as a true sophomore and absolutely thrived. So he figures to be a big part of your running back room next year. And then Noah Whittington, you still have to wait, I guess, for an official announcement. But based on the conversations that I've been having with people around the program, it seems like it's likely that Noah's going to be coming back in 2024, seeing that he only played four games. Um, I think that allows him to take a medical red shirt. So I think that they're going to be in good shape at running back, especially with Noah back. So a one-two punch of Noah Whittington and, and Bucky Irving is going to be darn impressive. And then if you look at the backs behind Noah and, and Jordan in this hypothetical 2024 scenario, you have some really intriguing talent. You have Jim Lamar, who comes to Oregon out of Lake Stevens High School in Washington where he helped Lake Stevens capture their first state title and he looked pretty good in the limited action that we saw from him as a true freshman. I think he came to college or at least started his college career in the 2023 season a lot more physically ready than I expected him to be. He was really built and he looked like he had a frame that could sustain a lot of Usage at the running back spot, and it's important to think when you're looking at the running back position for Oregon that you've got to have bodies at that position because it is a spot that can get banged up really easily, and then your depth chart would take quite a hit or just look a lot different from week to week. But Jaden Lamar looks like someone who's pretty promising, maybe a little bit of a bigger version of Travis Die, and then you also have Dante Dowdell who signed with the Ducks as one of the Mr. Football uh, award winners in Mississippi. So. He's a big bruiser, 6'2", 210, 215, big, big back who modeled his game after that of Derrick Henry on the, on the Tennessee Titans. Um, we got to see him a little bit, for his first touchdown uh, at the college level this year. And then you also have Dejon Riggs, the 2024 Oregon running back commit out of Washington, D.C., St. John's. He'll be uh, in, in the mix as well for Carlos Lachman and the Ducks at the running back spot this year. So I think that... You don't need another running back necessarily. I tweeted this out earlier. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sports, that name right there on your screen. I tweeted this out earlier today that I didn't think that Oregon had a need at running back in the transfer portal, but that doesn't mean that if there are some options that express interest, that you turn them away. Um, I think that they had a really solid one-two punch. That's kind of how things have gone. You had a one-two-three or One two and then two a last year with Bucky Noah and Jordan, and we've we've seen that Oregon can get the ball to three running backs in in a season, and that's kind of been the problem at running back if you want to call it a problem is having so many mouths to feed. Running back has always been in position where Oregon has been loaded every single year, and I do not expect that to change in twenty twenty four. Under Carlos Laughlin. He is a relentless recruiter. I think that one thing that's worth mentioning here as as it goes to the 2024 class is it it seems like we still gotta see what's gonna happen with Georgia running back commit Nate Frazier. He is one of the best running backs on the West Coast out of Santa Ana, California, modern day high school, which the ducks have been recruiting quite heavily under Dan Landing. They have a pair of commitments out of modern day in the 2024 class. In defensive lineman Aiden Breeland and wide receiver Jack Wrestlers, So they do have some momentum there, but he's been committed to Georgia since August. And I think that if the Ducks are going to get him on campus, this is the weekend to do it. I think when you look at these NFL draft declarations, the transfer portal, and the 2024 recruiting class, they're all kind of interlinked or interlaced because they all are going to help determine what Oregon's going to do. With the 2024 recruiting class. Maybe they have some guys leave that they weren't expecting. Maybe they have some guys return that they weren't expecting. I don't think that they're going to be caught too off guard by guys that declare for the NFL draft. But I think it's certainly something that we're in some consideration is that we are at that time of year when the NFL draft declarations will help dictate what Oregon does in the portal, or maybe they already knew they wanted to do a couple things in the transfer portal. Excuse me. And, there are still some pretty big targets that they're going after here in the 2024 recruiting class. It is all related. You might think that just because Ducks lay until January 1st, this is the off season. But um, as Josh Pate says, there is no off season, especially if you like recruiting and Oregon recruits at a really high level. So if guys like recruiting um, your guy, make sure you tap in, Drop a like on the video if you're watching us here on YouTube at Torres and subscribe to the channel. We are on the road to 3K, and you guys are a big part of making that happen. Okay, another person we have to talk about. The third duck that declared for the NFL draft was cornerback Kyrie Jackson. I honestly didn't really think that he had more eligibility. Um, I don't think that he did. I think it was one more year. But Kyrie Jackson did a great job for Demetrius Martin and the rest of that Oregon defensive staff. In his one year with the Ducks, transferred over from Alabama. I think you had, I don't know if I'd say concerns, but you maybe had some questions after that Texas State game when he made that crazy pass interference uh, penalty against the red Raiders and the margin for error was pretty slim in that game because it came down to the wire, but I think he did a great job of bouncing back some of his early season pickups. If you want to call him that, he obviously was most talented quarterback this year. And you can see that he put that experience from playing big time football to use with the ducks. And he was a, corner, a long, lanky corner, and, and someone who did a pretty good job in, in coverage for the most part. He had that big interception in the title game, but the Ducks couldn't really capture that momentum as Bo Nix threw an, an interception on the ensuing drive. I think it was just two plays after Kyrie got that interception, but doesn't seem like he's going to be playing in the Fiesta Bowl as he's going to be preparing for the 2024 NFL Draft, but Oregon's top corner is going to be heading to the NFL, just like that, that was the same situation when Christian Gonzalez headed to the NFL, and then he was a first-round selection by the New England Patriots. Don't really think that Kyrie projected as a first-round talent, but hoping to see if you're Oregon or an Oregon fan, you're hoping to see him taken relatively early in the NFL draft. And then if you look at the quarterback position and the projection for the 2024 season, I think that Jaleel Florence is really your main guy. He is going to... The CB1 was the lockdown corner of that group. Ideally, you have more than one lockdown corner. But I think that if you're Oregon, anything in the next season, Jaleel Florence is the guy that you feel the most confident about. A little note on Jaleel Florence is that he did not play the last two games of the season against Oregon State and Washington in the title game. He was seen at the Oregon State game on crutches. So no official word on his status right now but we're waiting to see if he's going to be available in the Fiesta Maybe someone commented on that. Maybe someone already uh, has an update on that, but not that I've heard. So I think he has looked really good since he got to Oregon. It's kind of interesting that we're saying he's going to be the C.U. 1 heading into next year, just given how young he still is. He'll be a junior at that point, and he has really developed well at Oregon under Dan Landing, um, Demetrius Martin, and the rest of that staff. So. Leo Florence is really where it all starts for the twenty twenty four cornerback group. And then you also have Dante Manning in the mix um, as a guy who has played a lot of football at Oregon, but still doesn't look like he's quite put it all together and lived up to his five star billing. Um, but he's a guy who I think at least finished the season looking better for you. And then after that, you really kind of have you have guys like Roderick Pleasant and Dalen Austin. You signed in the 2023 class. You also have Solomon Davis as as a guy who redshirted this year, I want to say. And then some, some pretty high-end corners in the 2024 recruiting class. The one that I think is most notable for the Ducks in terms of the 2024 outlook is Dakota Fields, or not Dakota Fields, excuse me, Sioni Laulaya, the junior college cornerback out of Northern California College of San Mateo. The same place where the Ducks found Bennett Williams and George Moore. I think that they view him as a plug-and-play guy. So Yoni Laolea has played a lot of football, and he's got some experience. So I think he's going to plug-and-play right into the – as a day-one starter for the Ducks. And and then behind him, you also have Dakota Fields and Adidas All-American out of Southern California. Just did a couple of really good pieces on him. I did an interview with him on the Digest right now. And then I did a recent podcast with his dad, Damon Fields, parents perspective which was really really fun to do So, um so make sure you guys pick that one out and give it a listen if you haven't already and then behind him you have ifeo badegu out of baltimore Maryland, Saint francis academy he is an under armor all-american i think that you're feeling pretty good about your quarterback depth if you're oregon maybe you go into the transfer portal to get one cornerback if he is going to be a day one starter you also have me reed Back for one more year, and I think he's been, he's been a little bit streaky, but he's also proven to be a playmaker, I think, for the Ducks. Um, I think he could be a solid piece of your quarterback rotation next year, but those are the three guys that have declared for the NFL draft from Oregon. Um, we don't have too many questions here in the live streams, so just another call to action to get those questions if you guys have them. Uh, Lizel Shepherd with a question. Any idea where Nolan ends up? Yeah, this is uh, this is Walter Nolan, the 2024, um, not 2024, the Texas A&M defensive line transfer. He is coming off of a visit to Oregon, and I think that the Ducks getting that first was really really important. Is in his recruitment, defensive line is a major need for Dan Landing and the Ducks right now, and they're losing a bunch of starters. You have Popo Amavai, Brandon Dorlis, Taki Taimani, Casey Rogers. There's a lot of pieces that you're going to replace. But that being said, I think you also feel good about some of the recruits that you've brought in in recent years along the defensive line. Um, we did just see Tavita Pumae hit the transfer portal, but guys like Terrence Green, and um, you also have Ben Roberts, who's been at Oregon for a while for a couple seasons now. So. I think you can lean on some pretty good recruits that are hopefully developing behind the scenes. But Walter Nolan is one of those big names that Oregon is going after in the transfer portal, arguably their top target right now along the defensive line on the defensive side of the ball. But Ole Miss is the other school you got to keep an eye on here for Walter Nolan his recruitment in the transfer portal after his visit to Oregon this past weekend. Sounds like Oxford. Hanging out with Lane Kiffin and the Rebels is his next visit, and then from there, what I'm being told and what I'm hearing, he's going to be shifting into decision mode. So that is a very important recruitment. If you're an Oregon fan, Walter Nolan, a former five-star recruit, in 2022 recruiting class that eventually signed with the Texas a and Aggies, and he is part of that mass exodus that we're seeing from college station on the heels of Jimbo Fisher's firing and the subsequent hiring of Mike Elko as the next head coach who comes over from Duke and was formerly on the defensive staff at Texas A&M. I think you feel good about Oregon's chances here with Walter Nolan, but you have to see how that one transpires. what other developments come on that recruiting trail from Walter Nolan. I was told that he's going to be taking that Ole Miss visit with some of his former Texas A&M teammates that I assume are also in the portal. So that is definitely an important thing to keep an eye on. And I think that playing in the South, playing closer to his home state of Tennessee is probably something that's going to carry some weight here. But the NL and the Ducks have really been developing some big-time talent on defense. I think you really saw the leap in production and just overall quality of play from the Oregon defense from 2022 to twenty three. So we'll see what they can do if they can shake things up and make some noise in the transfer portal. You already got Dylan Gabriel. That's huge. But now I think you're looking to bring in some pieces on the defensive side of the ball at defensive line. And you also have Andrew Makuba, the former Clemson Safety, who is supposed to take a visit this uh this weekend to Eugene. And I think another one that you gotta keep an eye on is defensive back Kobe Savage, who is supposed to be visiting Oregon There are reports visiting Oregon this weekend he's the former state defensive back that is going to potentially just be a big uh big part of Oregon's transfer portal strategy so the Ducks are looking to shore up the secondary I think that's their biggest need without a doubt on defense and then uh, on offense you already checked a huge box at quarterback with Dylan Gabriel but you also need to bring in some some receiver help as well but That looks like it'll do it for me on today's episode, today's stream, you guys. Just a quick little 30 minute one. But uh, do me a big favor and make sure you follow me on all social media platforms. I am at MToris Sports on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel here at Oregon Football Max We are on the road to 3K. And then you can also read all of my written work on Oregon Football and Oregon Football Routine over on DucksDyte.com next week and things are going to get busy so i'm your guy and make sure you tap in and follow all my work but until next time appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day talk some ball with me and we will see you in the next episode of the duck's dish podcast